Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. I am your host, Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. I am your host, Heath Cummings, here with Aaron St. Dennis. We have a very exciting show for you today. We're taking our first look, our first deep look at the 2024 rookie class, and this is the guy to do it. Aaron produces content just about. It might be easier to list the places he does not produce content, but... Dynasty League Football, Roto Underworld, IDP Guys, Fantasy Football Universe. Aaron, thank you for being here, and, and just tell the people what you've got going on right now. That was actually the cliff notes. There was a few that were left out, but I do a <laughs> lot of Dynasty at DLF. My redraft is over at Roto Underworld, Player Profiler. Uh, we just decided to start up our own website, the Fantasy Football Universe, uh, with a couple of my friends from other sites. And I do uh, IDP at IDP Guys. That was kind of by accident. I ended up finishing second in fantasy pro rankings this year, and I'm not sure because it was my first year of doing IDP rankings, so it worked out well. Well, I saw who produced, who finished one. I, I do have a follow-up question. How many people are producing IDP rankings? Low 30s. Low 30s. Okay, so it's more it's more than two. So that that's outstanding. No, I I, I um first off, wow, like dynasty and redraft and IDP, and you you told me. When we were talking, getting ready for the show, that you'd done like twenty or twenty-five rookie profiles already. You are covering the full gamut. That's I it reminds me of when I started in this industry. I started as a baseball analyst, and I was covering football. And I just felt like I I didn't know much about anything. But man, you, you do an excellent job. Been doing this for a couple of years, and uh, and really a rising star in the industry. So I am really happy to have you here with me. I, On uh, today. I, yeah. Sorry, I started with uh, hockey and wrestling, and <laughs> last year I had to give them up. I said, no, I, I can't do it anymore. I just don't have the time. So, Hockey and – man, we might just do a whole show about the wrestling at one point, but that will not be today because on today's show, we are going to take that deep look at the 2024 rookie class or at least a first look. We're going to go over the kind of the surefire round one picks. I've got a list, and we'll see if if there's anybody else that Aaron thinks I should add to that list. We'll talk about all the quarterbacks who might matter because, as we've seen in the past, like if you get drafted, there's a chance you end up as a starter, and then you matter, for, at least in super flex leagues. We'll talk about some round two picks, and if we have some time, we'll get through some deep sleepers as well. But as always, we want to start with three questions for our guest. Three questions for you, Aaron. <clears throat> Question number one. We're going to talk about a lot of guys today, but who's the one prospect you want to make sure we talk about today? I've been loading up on all of the Texas guys somehow, but mainly Jatavian Sanders, the tight end. I just, I'm, as you'll see uh, when we talk about the first rounders, I'm big on not using a first round rookie pick on tight ends. Right. Yet there's the generational prospect, Kyle Pitts and whatnot. I, I just, I would rather have the value of Jatavian Sanders in the mid to late second round than Bowers at the 105. Everyone's counteracting that with, yeah, but Sam Laporta as a rookie. Well, Sam Laporta wasn't a consensus first rounder. You were getting him in the second. So just give me the second round tight end and let somebody else use the 105 and super flex on Bowers. Yeah, I'm thinking about those first round tight ends. Like obviously Pitts so far has been an enormous disappointment um, for where he was drafted because there were some drafts he was he was the 101. Um Obviously, Dalton Kincaid not performing as well as Sam Laporta last year. I, I still think probably his value has gone up since that draft, but marginally. Um, I don't remember. Trey McBride was probably a second round. Second, right? mid-second, yep. Right. So, so I mostly agree with you. Now, I do think when we get to the guys who I think are surefire round one picks, I think Brock Bowers is going to go in the first round of all rookie drafts unless something hugely surprising happens in the NFL draft. 
but I, I mostly agree with you. I probably won't be the guy taking him. So second question, who is most likely to get overdrafted in rookie drafts? I guess they're connected. It's Brock Powers. He's going to go. I've seen him anywhere from 103 to 106 at the latest. And I just prefer, especially in the super flex leagues, give me the quarterbacks, even the ones that aren't the sure Like Caleb Williams is the easy one, but mm-hmm. I'll even take my chances on, you know, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, even, you know, the, the wide receivers. I would rather the second tier of wide receivers over Brock Bowers. I just, in Superflex, give me the quarterbacks, give me the wide receivers, Dynasty. You know, they have the longer shelf life, higher hit rate. And in the end, they're tougher to acquire. Bowers, I just, I'm anti-first round tight end. That's what it comes down to. Now, the pit, the position that you left out of that answer might be the answer to this next question, but we'll see. How, how would you say the 2024 class differs from the last two, 2022 and 2023? If you need a running back this year, this is not the class for you. So uh, I think as far as uh, I'll go position here, QB, it's very similar. There's two or three potentially elite ones. Obviously, Caleb Williams is the class of it. This is maybe the worst running back class we've seen in a few years. Uh, I have done multiple mocks where no running backs gone in the first round. Inevitably, one of them might get a good landing spot or, you know, a a great draft capital and move up into the end of the first round. But most of them are going the top five to six are going in a bunch in the second round. Uh, The wide receivers, I know everyone says it's a deep class. It feels top heavy to me. There's three or four really elites, and then there's a whole bunch of guys where they seem like when I do the rookie write-up, it says the same thing. Elite speed, not a great route runner, doesn't, you know, not very, there's a lot of great deep threats. Uh, And then tight end, the class is, you know, Brock Bowers is going to go in the first, Sanders in the second. That's pretty much it. So nobody else is probably going to matter. Okay, that's a that's a that's a decent uh, a decent breakdown of kind of where we're at with this class. Let's get into those surefire round one picks because I I had kind of listed and again I I'll make this clear and I've said it on the show we're gonna, we're gonna get deeper and deeper into this class but but Aaron's looked at some of these guys a lot more than I have and I I kind of had a top I don't know maybe seven or eight that in a super flex rookie only draft I felt pretty confident should go in the first round probably re- like unless something hugely surprising happens but I've almost ruled out that that happening like based on what we know these guys will be drafted high enough to be drafted in the first round of a super flex rookie draft. You mentioned Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. That gives you three quarterbacks. Yeah. We've got four position players, three wide receivers and a tight end, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, uh, Brock Bowers, and Rome. 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 Rome Dunze. Yes, there we go. And I, like, is there anybody I'm leaving off that list? I think Troy Franklin is the other surefire one where, you know, there's five or six here that depending on how the running back situation shakes out, like I said, they could push them up or down. But I think Troy Franklin's really the only one where I would say no matter what, he's going in the first round as well. Now, a a follow up question that I kind of want to get into each of these guys. Um, You mentioned that the running backs are all kind of going in round two. Yeah, I find it really unlikely that by the time we get to May and we have landing spots that we won't have at least a couple of running backs that end up in round one. Like there's going to be people who take running backs in round one, right? Absolutely. Like I said, the group, uh, I think we discussed this in the show sheet. We had Corum, Braylon Allen, Trey Benson, Jonathan Brooks, and Will Shipley as the top five. I even included Bucky Irvin. 
one or two of them, like we said, are going to get capital or they're going to get a wonderful landing spot. They're probably going to sneak into the 110 to 112 range. And then the other three or four are going to be grouped in the middle of the second round. So, yep, it's very likely that, you know, someone's going to get that great landing spot and we're going to overdraft it. So now we look at those three quarterbacks at the top, assuming that like what generally happens, Jaden Daniels, the guy we're thinking might be a, an early first round pick ends up like we, let's, let's say we go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in the NFL draft. We're going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in the super flex draft. I think also, unless Marvin Harrison sneaks into that top three, right? I am for sure going quarterback, quarterback with Daniels, Drake may, I don't love as much. Right. Um, having said that a lot, it seems to be 50, 50. A lot of the leagues I've seen Marvin Harrison's gone one. Some people just don't care. And like, I know the argument was last year we had Bijan. He was a generational. So everyone took him over the quarterbacks and the year before everyone took Brees Hall as the one one But, um, the year before, uh, what was the best quarterback? We had Malik Willis who nobody really cared for. So it was all right there. But last year, if, if I went back and gave you the option to take the generational Bijan or take, C.J. Stroud or Richardson, wouldn't you much rather have C.J. Stroud or Richardson right now? So I don't think you can take Marvin Harrison 101. It has to be quarterback, quarterback, like you said. Well, that's what I wonder is what what if what if we see Jaden Daniels with Ben Johnson? Does he have any chance of becoming the 101? I don't think so. I love that. I, I love where you're at with that. But I just think Caleb Williams is as close to can't miss. I, I think he's, you know, it, it seems to me like it's a large gap. It's Caleb Williams, then a big gap to Daniels in May. Okay. So you have the 101 and you have three stud quarterbacks. You're trading down, you're drafting Caleb Williams, or you're in that case, you might be okay with Harrison. No, I'm, I'm trading down. I'm, yeah, okay. I, I can't take Harrison. I have a friend who has the 101, and he's dead set on Marvin Harrison Jr. And I trade down. Like, he needs running backs. Trade down, get a later first-round pick, and acquire some form of veteran running back, a usable running back that you're not going to get in this draft. So, yeah. Okay. I, I want to, before we move on to these wide receivers and kind of kind of get into them, the, the lack of love for Drake May. What what's your concern and like what do you see as a most likely outcome in terms of it could be stylistically or it could just be value wise like wh- where do you think he ends up as an NFL quarterback? Oh, it's tough to say. Like I, I don't I'm not down on him. I just think there's a considerable gap between okay. him and Williams. He has some inconsistencies with footwork. He needs, he's got, and I'm the Sam Howell guy, but people are going to hate this. He's got some Sam Howell in him and I don't, it's not the helmet scouting. He loves to take chances. He's, he's a gunslinger. So I think unless he reins it in, he's got a lot of Sam Howell in his outcome here. Okay. So we've got three wide receivers on this list. um, And and I guess you would add a fourth. Is there a tier break within them? Is there a big gap between Harris and everyone else? Or how, how would you tier? Let's say the top four. We'll, we'll, We'll go ahead and include that one more as well. I would say it's, not a huge tier between uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Neighbors, but a slight drop. And then those two are the top tier, and then it's Adunze and Franklin for me, considerably lower. So if, if you had that first pick, you'd be okay trading down to three and maybe even four, depending on where Lit Daniels lands. 
Um, just want to make sure like if you have the 101 and you're trading down, you I want to make sure I'm getting Marvin Harrison or Malik Neighbors, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let, let me go down a few picks if I think these quarterbacks are going to fly off the board, which they should. Let somebody else take Brock Bowers. Maybe you could even go down a pick later than that. Give me Neighbors and uh, you know a pick, or if I needed the running back, Neighbors and a veteran running back. I could even be convinced if I had to go down as far as Adunzi and Franklin, I don't mind it. I want to stay with Marvin Harrison for just a second because I think it's – I haven't got to the point yet where I'm sliding these rookies into my actual position rankings or trade charts, but that's kind of the way that I like to go about valuing the 101 or the 102 or the 103 is, is first figure out who I think those should be and then figure out where those guys are going to rank within my positional rankings. Um, I think there's there's three guys I would have a really hard time right now as things stand ranking Harrison over. Um, obviously that'd be Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD lamb in some order. Um, just because we've not seen anything in the NFL from Harrison yet. He's a surefire can't miss prospect. He's going to be a great wide receiver, but we still like, there's a couple of things that we need to see. Um, so is number four too high to rank him? Let's just assume that the most likely thing to me at this very moment seems to be that he's going to be in Arizona with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I I think it's too high. I, I know there's, then this is why I, I like to trade down, or even if you can, I've even said trade him for a veteran receiver. Like I would rather have, if you'd give me Amon Ross St. Brown straight for Marvin okay. Harrison, I would take it. I, I'd rather that, you know, what's it? The bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. <laughs> give me that one. I just, there's a handful. I don't think I have him in my top six. I haven't really gotten that far into it. I'd like to see some of the, the senior bowl and the combine and even the draft before I really mix them in with the, uh, the veterans, but I can't see him, see him being in my top six. I think I think AJ Brown. Yeah. I, I think we will be probably similar in that then. Like I, I was looking at it and thinking he'd probably be somewhere in the seven to 10 range. I mean, we've got a lot of elite wide receivers. Now some of them have been rookies the last couple of years and haven't quite shown us the same upside, but yeah, I, I, I think somewhere in that seven to 10 range neighbors, not that far behind, right? Probably a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. And then we've got kind of a, a like a Dunze is going to be a top 24 type guy. Yeah. She, uh, depending on landing spot, but I think, I think neighbors is a borderline, you know, one, two for me. And then a Dunze is somewhere. Yeah. Like you said, 20 ish off the top of my head. <laughs> And then I, I know, right, no, nobody's holding you to this. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, hopefully nobody's doing a rookie draft tomorrow. So we just kind of want to get a, a glance at what these guys, obviously Brock Bowers is an incredible specimen. And he's going to be drafted in the first round of, of rookie drafts. I think it's int- like we might as well compare him to the guy we already referenced. You'd rather have him than Kyle Pitts? Oh, that's a, that's an ugly question. Why are you gonna go there, Heath? Um, do I want Kyle Pitts or Kyle Pitts 2.0? Give me Kyle Pitts 2.0. At least, at least maybe there's the chance that we beat beat the odds there uh, on Bauer. So yeah, give me Bowers. You mentioned Troy Flank Franklin as the other guy that you would add into this group. So uh, he, he's considerably closer to Adunze for you than any but any other wide receiver in this class. Yeah, even him. I, I think a Doonesy is solidly by himself, and then there's okay. a drop to Franklin. It seems like that Franklin group after that, what do we have? Adonai Mitchell, Brian Thomas Jr., Xavier Worthy. There's a whole bunch of them where they have the same prospect. Big, fast guys, great deep ball threats. They all say the same thing. Lack, uh, limited route tree, inconsistent routes. Right. You, you know, They all seem to have the same uh, strong suits, 
and then um, the same fault, the same flaws. So. Now you, you talked about the the big fast guys. We've seen kind of a switch the last three or four years to where size hasn't seemed to matter quite as much. We've got a lot of smaller wide receivers and even a couple of smaller running backs who have come in and made a really big impact in the NFL. With this class, does that trend get reversed a little bit, you think? So the, the, the better better guys are going to be the bigger guys this year? Yeah, this for the most part, I don't think any of the top eight or ten, are, they're all big, fast alpha types. I, I think the highest would be Lad McConkey, maybe at – I have, I think at 10 and he's more of a new England Patriot Wes Welker slot receiver type Malik neighbors is only six foot, uh, 200 pounds, but even that's not small. That's a, that's a giant compared to some of the guys who have come out and turned into stars over the last couple of years. Yeah. And you have to temper those measurements. Like, I don't know what they're putting down in the water (laughs) at mobile Alabama, but every receiver and every running back has seemed to have shrunk two inches this week come measurements. So it's amazing. I don't know how it happened. I, I would love to, we need to do like a 30 for 30 just on that. Yeah. All right, let's take a short break and then we'll get into the position that, you know, we had this argument, do running backs matter in this class? It sounds like they might not, but there's a lot of teams that need running backs and a lot of them are going to be drafting at the end of the first round, probably with the way some of these veterans have aged out recently. We'll be right back. Okay, Aaron. So we've kind of broken down what, what you would consider the top eight, the, the guys who are going to go in the first round. We mentioned, that uh, there's going to be a couple of running backs in the first round. We just don't know who they're going to be because there's not really an elite prospect. So we've got five running backs here that we kind of put in that top tier. And, and you can tell me if you think I'm missing somebody in the top tier um, or if you think maybe a couple of these guys are a little bit separated. But we've got Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, Trey Benson from FSU, Blake Corum from Michigan. Can we just pencil him into the Chargers right now? Allison Eckler replacement for yeah. Jim Harbaugh. Or for Harbaugh. Sounds about uh, right. Sounds about right. Uh, Jonathan Brooks out of Texas and then Will Shipley out of Clemson. I'm not worried too much about the order that we've got these guys in. No. Uh, but do you think, is this the top five and are they, are they similarly valued for you? I have Bucky Irvin in there. Um, I think they're all similarly valued. I think sadly the best one might've been Trey Benson, but the injury history I think is going to hurt him. But yeah, they're all similar. And like I said, I have Bucky Irvin in there. And we don't see any of these guys until round two. How, how many of these guys do you think go in round two of the NFL draft? The NFL draft? Uh, <laughs> one, or, one or two? Yeah, I, I was having that conversation the other day about how many do we see in day two period. I think maybe we we see one squeak into to round two, maybe one or two more. Like this could be, I don't know what the lowest amount of running backs we've had go in the first two days. We might break that record. Like there might be, two or three uh, by day two. And that that is really interesting because, like I said, we've got a lot of running backs who have been top 12, top 20 performers who are either at the end already or by May we're going to think they're not producing fantasy points anymore. And so if we also don't have a bunch of high-end high, high running backs coming in, I think that's going to leave an opportunity for some 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 day three running backs to really have big rookie years. Yeah, if I need a running back, trade some of these wide receivers. Like if you're if you don't need the wide receiver, you don't need the tight end or the quarterback. Trade some of these guys for the you know the FOMO people want that first round pick. Trade them for a, a veteran, not even a veteran. Some of the younger ones, you'd be amazed what you can get for Marvin Harrison Jr. You could pretty much get any running back you want for him. And if I need the running back, give me the running back because you're not going to get him in this draft class. There's there's some scary ones, and like I was saying earlier. You've got five, six if you include Bucky Irvin, and this is going to come down to 
it's not talent. It's whoever gets the best landing spot in capital. That's the one everyone's going to fall in love with. And that's who's going to go in the first round. But it doesn't mean he's the best. Like you said, if Blake Corum follows Harbaugh to the Chargers, he's going to go in the first round. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to pay off. So it's really scary. So you mentioned Benson as, you know, maybe the the most talented, but the injury concerns are probably going to knock his draft capital down. Who who would you bet on being the first running back drafted? (sighs) Braylon Allen. That's a tough one. It it depends on how gutsy the Chargers get here. Uh, Braylon Allen, I think either one, Allen or Coram goes at the the end of the second round somewhere. Yeah, and I, I made the the joke about Quorum, obviously, because he played for yep. the current Chargers head coach. And I would not expect, like I said, Austin Eckler replacement, but I wouldn't respect expect in, in this new offense that throwing to the running back is going to be a huge part of it. I think it's going to be Justin Herbert throwing downfield more, and I think they're going to be looking for a guy that can pound it, probably two guys that can pound it, a, a veteran and a rookie. I wouldn't expect Eckler back in that situation. But speaking of pass catchers, we know that's the the easy, the fastest way to fantasy value for a running back, and maybe the only thing that matters amongst running backs. Who who is the best pass catcher in this class? Well, actually, I have to go back to that Chargers point. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Harbaugh not bring the OC from Michigan with him? Yes. What happened to you? Well, okay, so if anyone would know how to use Blake Corum, it right. wouldn't be them. <laughs> I don't think they're great at using him. He's not a great pass catcher. I don't think he profiles as a goal line back, and that's what they turned him into. For me, the best all-around back and the best patch, pass catcher here, I want Jonathan Brooks out of Texas. I said earlier I love this Texas draft class, and I'm going to I'm gonna have drafts where I have my first, second, and third pick are all Texas players. So I like Jonathan Brooks as an all-around pass catcher. Now, when you talk about him as an all-around pass catcher, is that do you think he slots into that airback role, or is he somebody who can be a, a great pass catcher and also still tote the rock fifteen times a game in the NFL? Well, I think he's uh, he's got a lot of similarities to Roshan Johnson for me. I think he's a great runner, and he's going to be on the field because he's also a really good pass catcher. Like he's not the elite, he's not the Bijan level pass catcher, but I don't think any of the guys in this class were the elite. They're all kind of you know, average to slightly above average pass catchers. He, I think, is the closest to a natural pass catcher. It is really, it does kind of work out well, at least for the guys at the very end, because that kind of what we talk about on this show a lot is, don't draft a running back if you're not a contender. Like if you're making a bunch of rookie picks and you're not contending this year, let's just draft wide receivers and quarterbacks and, and maybe the tight end in round two. And so I, I think you see it from what it sounds like in rookie drafts. We may have two or three running backs that slide into the end of the first round, yep. but they're really, then we should have another dry spot, right? Like these teams that are picking at the top of the second round, we kind of don't like these running backs enough to take them if they don't get a great landing spot. And there's another wave of wide receivers right behind them that are probably better anyway. Yeah, for me, like the first rounds I've seen, I've had four quarterbacks and seven receivers going. And then the first running back has been the 201. So if you assume one or two of them get pushed up to the 111, 112, you could conceivably not see the second run of four or five go until the 205, 206, 207. It's, It's a really odd draft class for running backs. I guess the nice thing is like if, if you are in that situation where you've been a contender and your running backs are really in a garbage situation, I talk about this all the time because it's me. Um, I have a team that lost the championship last year, and I've got Brees Hall and Khalil Herbert and basically nothing else at running back on that team. I don't know how I made it to the championship, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, you might get two or three cracks at drafting a top six running back from this class just because um, there, there's not a lot of guys that are going to get excited to get excited about. Let's talk about the um, the next round of wide receivers. So I I had Troy Franklin in this group. You would not, but who who would kind of the, the wide receivers? If somebody's going to double up at wide receiver and they got one of the elite guys early. Um, who who are the early second round wide receivers for you? My co-host on my show calls him Troy Franklin too. I don't there's something about his name. It comes out as Franklin every time. Franklin. So, it's Troy Franklin. Uh, that's pretty much the exact group I have here. I like Adonai Mitchell. I also added in, sorry, do you have, oh, you do have Brian Thomas up there. That's pretty much who I have. The one I've seen who's been falling, and I don't know why, this seems to be just the personal preference group. Keon Coleman has been the one falling to the middle or late second round in all of them. And I'm not sure why it's a pretty balanced group, but Adnay Mitchell is the guy for me. 6'4, 196, allegedly. I know he's a little slower than this group, but the rest of them seem like they're primarily going to be deep threat speed guys here. You know, the one trick pony type. And I think he has the best all around skill set. Although like all of them, his route tree is a little limited and he has some deficiencies in it and needs to work on it. But I just think he has the most all around talent. So if these five guys are are, are on, not five because you take Troy Franklin, yeah. but it, man, it does it does just come out that way, doesn't it? Um, so if Mitchell's gone, you're okay trading back a couple of spots because you don't see a huge difference between Coleman, Thomas, and Worthy. Is yeah. that right? Absolutely. This is going to be one of those times where I'll, I'll trade back a few picks a lot in this draft to acquire extra capital because this. To go back to our running back point, if you need a running back, this may be the draft to trade back for a similar tier, get later picks, and just stockpile those late running backs and hope that you hit on the Kyron Williams because I don't think the second-round running backs are any more likely to hit than whoever emerges in training training camp out of, you know, the later running backs. Do you feel like like we're looking here kind of what is the top of the second round, but also those those running backs, we three or – Four of those running backs we just looked at will be there in the second round. I, th- I think Sanders, the tight end you brought up earlier, he's probably mm-hmm. going to be available there in the second round. How how do you feel about this second round compared to usual? Like, are you trying to actively acquire second round picks right now because you want to get several of these guys, or are you more willing to deal your second round pick for a, a veteran starter? If I have a second round pick, I and I need a tight end. I love Sanders here. Um, it all depends for me on what, what happens here in the draft. If the running backs get pushed up, I don't mind having some extra seconds because I'll scoop up the receivers that fall. Um, I don't really love the, the, the this second round in general. Like I know we said it was a loaded draft class. I don't really feel that way. Last year, I noticed there was a big drop-off. I think we would all agree around the 110 in rookie drafts. It's very similar here. Like It's loaded to 106. Then we have the second tier of receivers that take you to about one nine one ten. Then it gets dicey with you know the third tier of quarterback, the the first tier of running back. It's kind of it's really scary. Um, I think this is going to be a good draft to to have the late late picks, not necessarily the second rounders, but turn the second rounders into a lower pick in the second and a late third rounder. Like I said, to load up and try and find the Puka Nakua or the uh, the Kyron Williams here because. I think once you get past the 110, there aren't really many standouts. And it's you see running back, wide receiver, there's just large groups of guys clustered together, all with very similar profiles. I, I think it's like that's gonna be one of the more fascinating things. I don't know if you've seen anything 
that kind of points towards this yet. But you mentioned the names Pukunakua and Tank Dell. Like there, we thought that we said there was a big drop off after one ten, and it turns out that there was a big drop off because there were two guys going in the third round that were better than anybody that was going to go one eleven or one twelve. Um, I wonder if if those hits are going to cause people to value these mid-round rookie picks a little bit more, thinking this sleeper that I like could be Pukunakua or Tank Dell. Absolutely. The FOMO will set in and everyone will be an NFL scout and they say, I know the next Pukunakua. All those guys you see on the receipts afterwards where it was, I knew Pukunakua. I called this during the draft. I knew he was going to be awesome. Well, most of you didn't. So that's going to be the case, though. You're going to see the third round pick. You're going to see a lot of trading down. The second rounders are going to turn into later and people are just going to be stockpiling. So everyone's going to have their five Pukunakuas. Yeah, well, and I and I think also like that might be a good way to try for contenders to acquire low end veteran starters, running backs that are over twenty eight, wide receivers on the wrong side of thirty. Yeah. Like take this this late second or this early. Remember, remember what was found here last year. Yeah, you know what you can get with a second or third round pick. I will say you mentioned like. There weren't that many people right about Pukunakua. We, we had on this show last April, Fire. last May, Puka's name was mentioned several yeah. times. And it wasn't me, but was Tank Gibbs Dell was Schneider, mentioned right? by me a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think Jacob Gibbs as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll go back. We may go back through there and just uh, so we can give all the flowers to everybody who deserves it. But I'm going to give you a chance in about uh, 15 minutes or so to kind of kind of call your shot. And we're going to be saying next year, remember in January, when Aaron came on FFT Dynasty and said this guy was his favorite sleeper, and then that guy is going to be a league winner in 2024. How does that sound? The perfect. Sounds great. To me. <laughs> Let's take a, a, just a one more quick break here, and then I, I want to get into the other quarterbacks. Like w- We talked about the top three, but we have seen over the last few years some later round quarterbacks that did turn into valuable assets in super flex leagues. So let's talk about the other guys. Okay, Aaron. So we've we've talked about the top three quarterbacks. My first question is just what other quarterbacks do you think actually get a chance to start in the NFL? You're going to blame me and accuse me of homerism here, but my QB3 is actually J.J. McCarthy, but I'm a Michigan guy. Um, So he is ahead of Drake May. Yes, for me. Do you think that J.J. McCarthy is going to be a first-round pick? You know what? I've looked on some of the the mock drafts. There's uh-huh. mock drafts everywhere, and the consensus mocks have him going anywhere. You know, 12, 13, 14 to Broncos, Raiders, Seahawks. That's insane. <laughs> I, I, like I love JJ, and he is my my QB three in this draft class. I think if he goes to one of those two or one of those three teams, it should be in the second round, not the first round. That's that's insane. A first round draft. Like that turns him into a first round super flex pick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it does. If he goes any of those 12, 13, like top 15, absolutely. Yeah. I won't love it. And I won't have any shares of him at that cost because he's going to move into the top six at that point, I think. That that would be so. Uh, you have Will Levis. McCarthy has been made a first round selection, and you're on the clock. Somebody says, I'll give you Levis for this pick. I don't want Will Levis, so <laughs> yeah. pretty much anything for Will Levis, and I'll take it. But yeah, okay. So, so you 
neither one of these guys, you don't think, like I asked who's going to get a chance to start in the NFL, and, and McCarthy is actually somebody who you think is going to get a chance, but you're not super excited about him turning into a top 20 fantasy quarterback or anything. You know where I'd like to see him? I think he needs to sit a year, kind of, or even two maybe, get the Jordan Love treatment because he's still a relatively young prospect. I think if he goes in the first round, the Rams would be a great spot. I think he could sit while the Rams milk what's left of uh, Matthew Stafford. He's a great quarterback to learn behind. How many quarterbacks have been in the league longer than Stafford? I think that's a great spot. I think he could develop there and he could really have potential. It might be the Jordan Love three-year plan though. Well, that would the nice thing about it is for you as the homer is you could still get him and not have to spend a first round pick on him because if he goes somewhere where he's obviously not playing this year, then I don't think we're seeing him in round one. Speaking of quarterbacks in round one, Toronto Dave in the chat says Bo Nix might go round one. I I have seen mocks that yep. show Bo Nix going in round one. Um, man, he's been around forever. Yeah, he was so, my next one. He was next on my list, but so he probably gets a chance to start in the NFL, right? Probably more likely a second round pick. Yeah, he feels like Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan last year. Like you said, he's been around forever. I don't know if the ceiling's there. I feel like he's going to be drafted. I don't know if he ever sees the field in the NFL. Are there any other quarterbacks who you think actually do see the field in the NFL? No, no not really. There's some outside chance. Like I'm, I know I'm not in on Spencer Rattler. Michael Penix has some intriguing uh, qualities to his game. He has a very large left hand. Yeah, great. Extremely (laughs) large hand. Yeah, they're huge. I seen them measured yesterday. You know they're big when that's the headline on the article. But uh, the only one I see outside of him, Joe Milton, I think will get a chance. The NFL loves the monster cannon arm quarterback. Mm -hmm. What is he? I have him 6'5", 235, and he's got an absolute rocket launcher for an arm. I don't know if he does anything else, but he can throw it real far. These guys are all round three at earliest picks, even in Superflex, unless they get round one capital, right? Uh, no, I've seen like I, I I've seen JJ and Bo Nix go in the early to mid second, Penix in the late second or third. Yeah. So I think you're going to see some of them sprinkle in mid to late second round, depending on draft capital. Like I right. said. One of them, if Bo Nix or JJ gets uh, first round NFL capital, oh right, they might they're going to sneak into the first round of Superflex. So, <laughs> Jeremy says no love for Rattler. What's what's wrong with Spencer Rattler? That's my co-host. Get out of here, Jeremy. <laughs> He's the guy who says Franklin. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about the top two tight ends in this draft. Are, are there any other tight ends who matter? Short answer: No. <laughs> uh, I like. Can you AK pretend Barber. for a second? Sorry, <laughs> Can you pretend for a second? Um, I like AJ Barner, but that's probably because he's a Michigan guy and I, I, he's big and athletic, but the problem is, I don't know if he's that great of a receiver. Um, I, I don't even have any really on my sheet. <laughs> there's, there's two of them for me and I have no interest in anyone else. Um, yeah, sorry, not much help here. I, I it's no, two for me. That's it. <laughs> that's okay. That, that, that kind of leads us into your, your moment to shine. It was um, and then we're gonna we're gonna I didn't even tell you we're gonna do this, but we're gonna do a, a first round uh, rookie mock here, maybe one for Superflex and one for non, if we have the time. But uh, let's let's just go with uh, with the final question: Who is the the deep sleeper that we've not talked about? That's going to be drafted round three or later in rookie drafts. That's going to make you look like a genius the next time we talk. 
I like Lad McConkey out of Georgia. I men- mentioned him earlier. He's a smaller guy, and I cannot describe this guy without saying Patriot slot receiver. Okay, okay listen, you're you're stepping on. You said this twice now. You're stepping on some toes because this is a Pop Douglas show. They've got their small Patriots wide receiver. I know he doesn't completely fit the mold, but he does. He he's there, so he can be go be somebody else's small. Small wide receiver, but tell tell me about this guy. No, just Patriots type. He doesn't need okay. to, he doesn't need to go to the Patriots. He's just Wes Welker, Julian. That's that's him right there. That's that's his type. 5'11", 187. He's only one one uh, four five nine. So he's not fast. He's not big, but he's a great technician, great route runner, physical slot receiver. He's smart, shifty, explosive, and agile. And what could help him because he probably won't get the draft capital. He's good in special teams, so he's going to find a way to stay in the lineup even when he might be stuck behind Pop Douglas on the, the depth chart. Okay. All right. We will uh, we, we'll mark that one down, and uh, when we get to uh, September, we'll go back and, and give you the credit for being the genius that, that told us about him first here wanna, on this show. Do you want to know who's going to be the most valuable sleeper to, to, uh, to trade for? Okay. Jacob Cowing Cohen out of Arizona. All you see on Twitter, based on his his size, his speed, his playing style, he is one for one. Everyone thinks he's tanked out. Okay. 5'8", 165. So just like we were trying to convince everyone of the next Pukunakua, sell everyone. He is your next tanked out. There there we go. So this is the guy to draft and then trade away by telling him it's tanked out. Tell everybody. Give me your your, uh, Joe Mixon. I got tanked out 2.0. What would really, really help? Would be if when you're when you make the pick in the rookie draft, you need to be loud and obnoxious about how dumb everybody else was for letting him fall to that point. Make them feel a little bit of fear and have to go research this guy. And then they're gonna find an article. Make sure you put Tank Dell in the chat too. They'll find a couple of articles comparing him to Tank Dell. It it it'll work perfectly. We'll probably turn him into a 20, 25 second. Some people would say you you're not gonna have to tell me to be obnoxious in a draft. <laughs> I don't think I needed coaching on that. <laughs> that that just comes naturally, right? So let's uh, let's. Yeah, see, I told you. No <laughs> names on it. It, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, we'll get a couple other names here from uh, from Don Devontez Walker. I liked Walker. Um, I have him as a second round pick. He's a six one one ninety seven. He's pretty good speed. He's just, he's the same as that entire group. I think I had him just after the group we had with Thomas Worthy, Mitchell Coleman. He does the same things as, as they do deep threat, speed, inconsistent route running. He just seems to do them a little worse than that group. So he was the next group for me. So how about a mock draft? Sure. You feel up for it? Sure. Let's see if maybe, maybe even get two. maybe the chat wants to participate Let's try to do this. Say, uh, you can have the first pick. I will take the second pick. The chat gets the third pick, and then we'll run it back, and we'll get a top twelve here in Superflex, and then we'll do it again for a one quarterback league. How does that like sound? Uh, this is what we're doing. We're starting Superflex. Superflex, and you oh. are you are on the clock. Oh no! Is this where I have to start being obnoxious? Get ready for pick one hundred and three, chat. First one to respond gets the pick. I'll go Caleb Williams at one hundred and one. Well, that is extremely boring, and I guess at least everybody knew it was going to happen. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, I think this guy's going to end up as a top three pick in the NFL draft, and if he does, then he's probably going to be my number two pick. It's uh, Anthony Richardson, except maybe with better reason for it. 
I'll go Jaden Daniels. Does it worry you? I know we're not, you don't want tons of commentary here, but does it worry you? He's pretty frail and like, he needs to pack on some weight here. I, I would like it if he put a little, and that's why I, I didn't mean Jaden Anthony Richardson as a body, no, as no, a body no. comp, but uh, no, yes, a little bit, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to win the league. Yeah. And there is no doubt in my mind that this dude could come in and win people leagues. I made a um, thumbnail for his profile and I thought I edited the background improperly because he just, he looks so skinny. I said, can't really look like that. Does he? He does. The the chat, there is no disputing. We don't have to go with the first answer because we made it easy for them. Everybody wants Marvin Harrison. You're welcome, guys. He is 103. I probably am going to look dumb already for not taking him at 102. Sniped, but, by uh, chat, sniped by the chat. You were, yeah, you never had any reason to believe he was coming back to you. No, he wasn't. Um, so now this is where it gets a little bit interesting, right? Or is this an easy pick for you still? Uh, depends. Can I trade down? You, there is no trading. Malik you're going to trade, trade with the chat and see what kind of offer yes, you can get? Yes, I am. That'll go well, but Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors. All right. And that again, was that is that something that just feels like, yeah, that's pretty easy? Um, that's going to depend on where Drake May goes and how high he goes. If Drake May gets capital on a good landing spot, I could be uh, talked into taking him. But for now, it's Malik Neighbors pretty consistent, pretty easily. Yeah, I, that's I, I for the purposes of this exercise, I'm going to tell you that Drake May is with Ben Johnson, and so I just stole him with the fifth pick overall. I don't think he's probably going to fall to the fifth pick if he's with Ben Johnson, is he? Oh well, that's cheating. I would have said that Drake May was a Hall of Famer. And Drake <laughs> make things up. That's not fair. Okay, chat. Okay, so we've got we've can got chat five. Do me a favor. Can they take Brock Bowers here so I don't have to, please? <laughs> We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Drake May are the first five picks. And we see here Jay would have taken May at five also. And the very first is Bowers at 106. Don did not disagree, but that's okay. Jeremy wanted to go Bowers. Troy wanted to go Bowers. So we've got six picks in. We had eight First round picks. I had seven. You added the eighth and Troy Franklin. Now we're going to see how strongly you really feel about Troy Franklin because the guy you said that was going to be overdrafted, Brock Bowers, is there. So is Franklin. Who are you taking? Who went 106 was Bowers, right? Oh, you're right. It is an easy question. They made my decision for me. So I'm going to go with Franklin. Franklin over Odense. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, then I will. Uh, that's uh that's interesting so do you think that will be consensus by the time we get to the draft or are you going to be out on an island with that no that was just me trying to mix it up here i I think a dunze is going to be a consensus and for the most part i think i'll probably take a dunze i just i've got neighbors i kind of want to mix things up here assuming i'm drafting on the same team Uh, i think franklin has similar potential but is much wider uh, range of outcomes so Adunze, you're right, was probably the consensus, but I'll take Franklin. No, I think it's good. And one of the one of the best things that we can do, hopefully, on this show over the next three or f- three months, probably really, before people r- maybe get into more of rookie draft seasons. I think a lot of those happen right around the NFL draft. Is not just tell people what consensus is, but bring people on that that tell what it is that they they would do differently. 
Like where, where's the edge within consensus and, and kind of what you've told us is Bowers is going to go too high. Franklin's going to go too low. And so <laughs> I'm just going to do it intentionally now, yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe for the rest of the off season. Yeah. Okay. So I'll take it to and say, yeah. And so you're welcome. Th- thank you very much. I believe that puts us, let's see, eight picks in. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Drake May, Brock Bowers, Troy Franklin, Roma Dunze. And who does the chat want to take? I d- Will Dawn? You're will not going to get consensus from the chat on this one, I think. This is where it gets interesting. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the chat's like, I don't have any idea, so I'm not going to say anything at all. And James Joseph says he wants Kool-Aid. Don't we all? <laughs> and we've got Toronto Dave saying it's worthy. That's certainly possible. All right, well, I think it's certainly done because he was the first one to respond. So Xavier Worthy goes nine overall. I've seen uh, Don F say Leggett two or three times. He scared me. He has this similar profile. He's might be the fastest wide receiver in the class. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot better before uh, the senior bowl when he was six foot three and a half. Now he's just under six foot one. That scares me a lot. He, uh, he seems to have shrunk considerably this week. So that, that is a, a real concern that started to happen to me, but I'm 45. If that's happening to you when you're in college, that, that's, that's a problem. Uh, so you get one more pick here. We've got nine picks in, we've got three picks left in our completely impromptu, Superflex rookie only mock draft. The first nine picks Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Drake May, Brock Bowers, Troy Franklin, Roma Dunze. How many people are going to be mad at me for saying Franklin, thinking that it lots? Xavier Worthy. So who, who do you got here uh, at 10? Worthy was the lowest of that group for me. I'm debating between Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU and Adonai Mitchell out of Texas. I think this is going to be flip a coin. They're similar height, size, speed. I think I want, I'm going to go Brian Thomas Jr., but it's for me right there. That's flip a coin. I don't think you can go wrong. And when I, if I have a lot of leagues where I have those late picks, I think my plan will be to diversify and kind of alternate which one I need. So I've got some more breaking news from the 2024 NFL draft. Blake Corum was the first running back drafted. He was drafted by the Chargers to go be a workhorse running back, and he will be the 11th pick of our rookie-only draft. Oh, wait, didn't you say the Chargers drafted Bowers? No. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I thought you said the Chargers drafted someone else. No, I said Drake May was with Ben Johnson. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I, I misunderstood. Yeah, I didn't specify where they are, but they are together. Okay. Um, and so, yes, Drake, I've, got, I've got Drake May with Ben Johnson, and I've got Blake Corum on the Chargers um, as a as a workhorse back. If uh, I know you don't necessarily love him um, or the way they used him, but I do want to know if he's the first running back taken, and if he's in, in on the Chargers, is he the first running back taken in rookie only drafts? Pretty, pretty easily, yeah. I, I, for me, it would still depend on where Jonathan Brooks from Texas goes. Right. But in that scenario, I, I think he's going to be your consensus uh, one. Well, your consensus RB one, and probably find him. So he might even find himself into the one uh, one hundred eight, one hundred nine in that scenario. And so I think I don't know. It's it's been uh, it's been three minutes, so that one doesn't count. So we're trying to see who are the who are. There we go. Ad Mitchell. 
Yeah. One one twelve. And that's exactly who that's who you would have taken at one eleven yeah. and before the news that Blake Corum had been drafted by the Chargers in round two, right? Exactly. Okay. But that news changed it all. <laughs> hey, I, thank you to the listeners. You did you guys did a good job in the chat of getting me like timely picks and nothing too ridiculous. I really appreciate that. We will do it again. Maybe next week for a one QB league, but definitely we're going to have a lot of rookie mocks. I'm scheduling a startup mock for tomorrow, and so that won't be here on the show, but it will be on the site. You should check that out. Make sure you go check out the Dynasty landing page. That's on the Fantasy Football homepage on the far right side. Right now, we've got rankings there. We've got tiers there. We've got mock drafts there. We've got mailbags. And we also have a link to each of the episodes of this show. So everything you need for Dynasty from CBS is there on the Dynasty landing page. Thank you, Adam. Anything for me. I appreciate that. I'll probably think of maybe a, a, a request that's even more beneficial to me for next week. Aaron, thank you for being here. Tell everybody once again where they can find you. I know we're going to go 17 more minutes because there's so many places, but I want you to give a chance to tell them. Did you cut out doing a second mock draft just so we could have time to list where I work? It's exactly right. Okay. Uh, redraft content at Player Profiler, Dynasty content at DLF, IDP at IDP, guys. I also do uh, Fantasy Pros ECR and their weekly sit starts there. Uh, I have my own site now with a couple of friends, the guy who was trash talking me in the uh, comments there, Jeremy. Uh, we have a site and a YouTube channel for fantasyfootballuniverse.com. I think that's it. Uh, I also do some work over at King Fantasy Sports. And Jeremy is correct for at least a second time today. Aaron crushed it. You can also find him on Twitter at FFMadScientist. Thank you again to the chat. Thank you to everybody who's listening wherever you can listen to podcasts. We will talk to you next week.